Are you a content creator, sales professional, or small business owner? Do you need professional-looking videos for your social media? Check out RevMedia.group. At RevMedia, we take raw footage you film on your phone, webcam, or mobile device and turn it into professional, branded content. RevMedia offers editing, graphics, commercially licensed music, and more. And with RevMedia, you can even upload your footage right from your phone or mobile device. With 24-hour turnaround time, you'll be posting professional-looking video content faster than ever. RevMedia. You film it, we edit. Visit RevMedia.group to find out more. That's R-E-V-M-E-D-I-A dot group. RevMedia. And I don't know we got a night of soul for you. Faith, what are we going to do this week? I don't know. Maybe we should plug some variables into the late night fright mainframe computer and see what it gives us. I think we should do that. Okay. I want to do a movie with a demonic cannibalistic scarecrow. All right, and I want to throw it off, and I think we need Mrs. Peacock from Clue in the movie. Oh, we're never going to get an answer. Never. Computing? Is computing? Is computing? Oh, we've got an answer. What does it say, Faith? It says Jeepers Creepers. Well, all right. Let's do it. Right now on the Late Night Fright. Cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my very Creeper co-host Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this is the November 3rd, 2020 edition of the Late Night Fright. It is election day here in America. Yes, it is. May as well be election day around the world, right? Exactly. (laughs) May as well. Now to throw a uh, monkey into this wrench, we are recording this on Halloween. (laughs) So happy belated Halloween to all of you out there. I know our listeners are the type of people. It's it's Halloween year round for them. I was going to say spooky season does not end here. (laughs) Does not end. It is always Halloween as long as you keep Halloween in your heart. Something like that, right? Yeah. Why is it, Faith, that the Hallmark Channel sees fit to start showing Christmas movies before we've even had Halloween? I have no idea. I find it so disrespectful. I have no problem if they want to show their Christmas movies, you know, starting in November. I, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. I don't have a problem with the Hallmark Channel movies at all. I think they're I think they're they're great for what they are. But don't mm-hmm. show them till after Halloween. Let us let us have this one, huh? Apparently, my grandma has been watching them and enjoying them. And I'm just like, please slow down. Please, please slow <laughs> down. Slow down. Slow it's down. not even you know, it wasn't even Halloween yet while she's watching these. So just stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm with you, Faith. Thank you. I'm with you. So happy Election Day out there. We hope that you are all voting or have voted uh, Mm -hmm. at this point, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, We hope we still have a country after (laughs) after Election Day. There you go. Uh, 2020, it's it's been a weird year, and I'm really hoping that this swings us into a little bit of normalcy. And sincerely, from the bottom of both of our hearts, we hope wherever you are, 
that you're happy, healthy, and safe. And we are sincerely hoping that nothing strange or violent happens Mm -hmm. after this. You know, you never wish for that, but this has really been the year for strangeness. It's it's been weird. People have been locked in their houses, and people who have not been in their houses have been throwing Molotov cocktails (laughs) at windows. It's been a weird year. Yes, it has been a weird year. We we had plans for this show. We uh, originally we're going to do kind of an election special, you know, with some some funny bits with the election, and uh, that all kind of took a turn. Like uh, many of you, uh, the news is probably set in by the time you're listening to this, but we just got the news, like all of you this morning, that uh, Academy Award winner, screen legend, and uh, icon, I think. Oh, yeah. Icon really, really applies Mm -hmm. in this instance. That's a word that gets thrown around a lot. This -hmm. this instance, it might not even be enough. Uh, The great Sean Connery left the mortal plane this morning. uh, in his sleep at the ripe age of 90. Mm-hmm. He uh, was most famous for playing James Bond. He was the first James Bond on film. Uh, people of my generation will remember him very fondly for playing Henry Jones Sr. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He was fabulous in a lot of different films. He was an action star. He was a romantic lead. He was a man's man. By all accounts, he was a very nice man, a very stand-up guy. Uh, had a had some ruggedness to him, a lot of romanticism. Loved Scotland, loved uh, his wife and kids, loved soccer and golf. <laughs> Ran from the label of James Bond for a little while. Ended up embracing it, though. He will forever be associated with that part. Not only will he be associated with that part, he is the gold standard by which every gentleman who steps into that role will be judged from here yep. until the end of time. This this hit me. A lot harder than I thought it was going to hit me. You texted this to me this morning. I, did. I think all of us around the world started getting the news at the same time. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. We, we love movies here. This is a celebration of film. We do horror films here. We have occasionally dipped into our toe into the well of other genres mm-hmm. or uh, genres, as an <laughs> ex-girlfriend of mine used to say. <laughs> Might be why she's an ex. Yeah. <laughs> it I could was... be. But uh, this is a celebration of film, and there's really none brighter than Sean Connery. And these people, this is, Hollywood is whatever you think of it. Uh, now, Hollywood today is a lot different than Hollywood back in the day. Yes. There's always been uh, the illusion of Hollywood uh, to, to a great degree. Movies are movies. They are, they are, they are you know, uh, filmed stories, you know, the moments captured in time that we get, you mm-hmm. know. They're not real. But yet somehow these people are very real to us. These people right. who we don't know. Yeah. We hold, hold a place kind of. Hold a place in our lives. In, your, yeah. in our hearts. Yeah. And some of them a big place. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Sean Connery is one of those guys that holds a very, very big place for me and for a lot of people throughout the world. It's, it's, a, fascin- it's a fascinating thing. You feel like you, you, you knew him a bit, but he's been around for so long, too, at this right. point. You know. And so many, as we said, iconic roles. So let's just get right into it. You're a fan. I'm a fan. Faith, what is it about Sean Connery that is so, to this day, mesmerizing at any age you see him on screen? Like I told you before we started recording, he's just so special. He's just, he has this quality about him that you almost, you want to know him. You know, he just, he seems like a decent person and he's just special. 
That's yeah. the first word that pops in my head. The he man was- had of... I've watched a lot of movies and, and I like a lot of movies. I like a lot of different genres, I should mm-hmm. say. And, and, and I've seen the great classic films. I, I celebrate those films. I also celebrate the, the, as I call it, the avant-garde B-grade trash too. And, <laughs> and the great director, John Landis, who did American Werewolf in London, said one time of uh, some really awful flick, he said, this is schlock and it should be you know celebrated as such. So, I mean, I don't have a, a line with movies where... Right. It has to be an A-grade production, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for it to, to get a place, you know, in my right, heart exactly. kind of thing. And, um, you know, he, Mike Myers said this about him. Uh, if you if you anagram his name, it's Sean Connery comes out to on any screen. I've seen, as I was saying with the B-movies and, and great productions, I've seen so many films. There is none like him, like that can just really hold mm-hmm. a screen like he does. Right. And it's it's uh, if you've never seen a lot of his earlier work, like the James Bond stuff, which I hope all of you out there have. If you haven't, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're missing some of the uh, the, the greatest films ever made. Those are some really, really wonderful movies. And, and to see him perfect this art of like cool without being cool. It's like mm-hmm. a gritty cool. And I've only ever seen one other guy do that. And it's Harrison Ford as Han Solo in the original Star Wars movie. Yes. Like somebody said it best. There's this there's this air about Connery and Bond that it's like, listen, he's there, he's doing it. Yeah, he's doing it. But it's almost like he knows he's better than this. You know? <laughs> right. Kind of like Harrison Ford knows he's better than mm-hmm. this material, you know? Yeah. And they're both and, and they're what you remember from from those respective <laughs> franchises he he was one of just the presence and and that voice he had and yes. and, and uh uh the skill a lot of people say oh, i wasn't a good actor no 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 go go watch go watch some of those films go go rewatch some of those films ah oh, but he always talked in his accent yeah that, that was that was what made the money <laughs> i want to i want to talk a little bit about his filmography this is uh this is pretty wonderful let's let's i'm just going to read off some some names here right. i i know you're not as intimately familiar with this as i am but you are familiar enough with it uh darby o'gill and the little people from 1959 it's a movie that a uh, disney movie that a lot of people remember fondly i have a very fond memory of watching that as a kid. Uh, the Longest Day, a World War II movie. Then we get into Bond. Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger. He worked with Hitchcock in Marnie. There's this wonderful movie he did called The Hill in 1965. Thunderball, another great movie he did called A Fine Madness about a poet. Uh, it was directed by the great Irving Kirshner, who gave us The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we've got a movie called The Molly Maguire's The Anderson Tapes is a great film everyone should watch. Diamonds Are Forever. The Offense is a great movie. Not a lot of people have seen. Zardoz is a weird movie. He was in Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, the Wind and the Lion from John Melius. That's a great film. A Scotsman playing. Uh, he's a Arab. He's an Arab uh, chieftain in that movie. The Man Who Would Be King. Robin and Mary and the Great Romance with Audrey Hepburn. A Bridge Too Far is another great war film. Uh, then we get into a great sci-fi film, Outland, which is basically like a sci-fi version of High Noon. Uh, let's see. Highlander. It's a film we're going to be doing here on the show. Won the Academy Award for The Untouchables. He was in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We're going to talk about that film in just a second. Hunt for October, The Russia House. Another great one. Uh, Medicine Man. These are these are some really fine movies. Just Cause, First Night, The Rock with our old buddy Nicolas Cage. Uh 
great film, Entrapment, Finding Forrester, and he ended it off uh, with The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Not a great film, but that uh, 2003. Uh, he also turned down roles in The Matrix and in uh, Lord of the Rings. They wanted him for Gandalf. Uh, rumor is George Lucas wanted him for Qui-Gon Jinn in The Phantom hmm. Menace, and that would have put a different spin on that movie. Yes. And I love Liam Neeson in that film. That I There's an alternative universe out there where Sean Connery <laughs> played Qui-Gon Jinn. Feel before you think. <laughs> Many chlorians. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Great, great filmography. Let's, uh, any, any in there. I want to talk about The Night, though. We watched... A few years ago, this is a great story. Uh, Faith and I, our friendship w- really was built on films, and she uh, have a few years on Faith, and she wanted to start watching some of these older films that I knew a little bit more about than she did, and so we would get together and watch films and have a great time and eat, you know, and and, and be pals, kind of thing. And uh, we went through the Indiana Jones films. You had never seen them, and then we get to Last Crusade. Okay, so tell me your thoughts seeing The Last Crusade, because we did all all of those films like over two weekends, but, mm-hmm. but there's one, there's, there's a little hitch with the last crusade I want to talk about. So what was it like watching the last crusade? And you've seen this movie since then, but, but the interplay between those two guys, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. It's, it's amazing. I mean, Harrison Ford alone, Indiana Jones is one of my favorite characters. And then you throw in Sean Connery and it's just, it's, it's brilliant. And it's so funny. It, it is. It's hysterical. And Spielberg made the case that, there's no one that can intimidate Harrison Ford on screen. And the joke is James Bond is Indiana Jones' dad. Right. Which, if you if you take the step back and look at it, you know, George Lucas was writing his James Bond thing, mm-hmm. you know, with Indiana Jones. So, of course, James Bond is, is the dad of Indiana Jones. And as Spielberg said, of course, the greatest James Bond of all, Sean Connery. And those two together... Are, are are they're just it's a match made in heaven it, is. And it, it's like, it doesn't it's matter gold. that the it's age golden. difference is like 13 years or whatever it doesn't matter and connery is so funny in that movie and he's so warm again i'm 41 years old i was talking to to a friend of mine this morning and i mean it just came up you know it's like it's like what are you put in that kind of first spot and he goes man i know the bond movies i know the i know how iconic those are and how important they are mm-hmm. he said but it, for me it's it's the last crusade. It's him in that film yeah. with, with Ford and everything about that movie. And I think it's a really wonderful performance, but what was so fun about that night for me, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know. We watched the last crusade and you go and you are in love with it. And I said, well, have you ever seen Connery as bond? Like, and you had not seen a Connery bond picture. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, we have to fix this. Like right now we put on Goldfinger and we watched it that night. Mm hmm. What was it like? And this is so great because you're kind of new to the party in, in, uh-huh. in some ways. What was it like watching Connery as Bond? Because you're, as a kid, I saw those movies. Yeah, I, I was aware of the Connery movies, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't Bond at that time, obviously. But what was it like watching an old Bond movie for the first time? It's it's amazing. It's it's mesmerizing almost, you know, because it's just, like you said earlier, he's an icon. He, he, it feels yeah. so iconic watching this. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have said this on this show before. Without Sean Connery, you don't get something like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when we, I watched Thunderball, uh, the fourth Bond picture, and there's a, there's a moment in that film where he shoots a guy with a spear gun. And Connery says, I think he got the point. <laughs> and fast forward to Predator in 87, Arnold throws a knife at the guy, goes through him, he's stuck to the wall, he goes, stick around. You know, 
the the one-liner quips really for me start with Connery. Yeah. He's the one you can draw straight lines from John McClane, Bruce Willis as John McClane, back to Sean Connery. Uh, the the kind of funny quippy nature of Schwarzenegger, you can draw that line mm-hmm. back. You know the uh, the going with John McClane again. You know the kind of the real world, real guy kind of thing. Uh, the Mission Impossible series that Tom Cruise is is still doing these days. You can draw a line back to the 007 films, and the 007 films don't work if you don't have Sean Connery exactly <laughs> in in that role. He he was really amazing. Um, I I would like to recommend out there if you have not seen. Uh, of course, those early Bond films, please watch those early Bond films. He was really wonderful in a movie called The Hill. It's a really great picture. Uh, he was, of course, really great in The Untouchables. He won his Oscar for that. And and he was really great in everything he was in. There's a period there where the movies aren't too good, but he, he, he got it back. And the amazing thing is he was a star when I was a kid. He had kind of, he never lost his star, but, mm-hmm. you know, the commercial had, um, what I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? The the box office was back. You know, he was doing business, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was great. I got like the second wave of Connery. That's cool. You know, <laughs> I, and I mean, I have fond memories of uh, 1985, New Year's Day. My I'd spent the night with my grandparents. And on uh, New Year's Day, I remember uh, Goldfinger was on. And I went and sat next to my grandfather who had just lit a cigarette and had a cup of coffee. And they were playing golf on TV in, in Goldfinger. And I said, I said, what is this? And he said, oh, this is uh, that's Sean Connery. That's James Bond. This is Goldfinger. <laughs> and I watched that. I watched that with my, uh, with my grandfather. So I think of my grandfather when I think of Sean Connery. And uh, you know, fond memories of going to see Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. This guy's been a part of all of our lives. Yeah, and, he and really we've, has. we've all lost a big part of our lives yeah. you know, with his passing. So, Sean, you are one with the universe. I hope that this next adventure is, is everything that it's, uh, I hope it's everything you hope it is. And I I told, I told faith this, you know, these people, as we said, they become a part of your lives. Mm -hmm. They really become a part of your lives and you don't even realize what a big part of your life they are. I have a picture of him as James Bond up on my wall, (laughs) you know? And, um, he led a big life. He was 90 years old. You can't be sad. You can't be sad. Mm -mm, You know, no, and I hope he did everything he wanted to do. He did some really wonderful big things. He was a legitimate world international movie star, mm-hmm. an iconic, legendary movie star, you know, yeah. who will forever be associated with one of the biggest characters ever in all the film. And I'm sad that he's gone. I am too. I'm sad <laughs> that he's gone. It's a bummer for me that he's gone. But my mother said it's not for him, though. You know, so, yeah. so, uh, I have this thing that I, I believe that uh, if you get taken in your sleep, you did you, something was right. You did something right. right. So I hope, hope it was peaceful for him, and I hope wherever I he hope is, so I too. hope that he is just jamming. I really do. I think he is. I hope he's jamming. <laughs> Bigger than life, man. Bigger than life. I like to think that the good Lord took him in his sleep because didn't have to sneak up on him. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Really great. Uh, I just want to add one other thing about him. Uh, there was a wonderful blue collar mentality about him. He, he was, he was a truck driver and a milkman and he, he wasn't, he didn't come from money. He, uh, I don't think he ever forgot that he didn't come from money. Mm-hmm. There was a blue collar mentality to him, but this, but this, this kind of glamor to him, but he wasn't a pretty boy and, 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 and it's very grounded, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, just, yeah. just a really wonderful, unique screen presence. And, uh, he's going to be missed, man. Uh, now he, had, he hasn't been in a movie in almost 20 years, but it doesn't matter. He's, right. he's going to be missed. And, uh, 
Happy trails, Sean. You did good. Yep. You did good. <laughs> well, we are here to talk about a movie tonight, and I think we have a pretty good movie tonight. Uh, we had this locked in for a while. This is uh, our, our Halloween slash election day pick, whatever. <laughs> Faith, what, uh, what movie are we talking about tonight? We are talking about Jeepers Creepers, finally. <laughs> so we've got a killer scarecrow. Mm-hmm. We've got some more about Sean Connery, maybe a little later. We've got a special interview coming up with the big HF himself. Worked yes. with Sean in the last crusade. We've got a full pot of coffee. Faith, what time is it? <laughs> it is time for the late night. Friday. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Cue the music. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. You'll blow us all to atoms. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Welcome to prime time, bitch! <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! I find your lack of faith disturbing. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Whoa! Hello! Okay. This is God. It was pure evil. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Whatever you do, don't fall. Have a potato. Don't oh, have a One man could destroy a Caribbean island. Only one man would drive a car with an ejection seat. Only one man can turn off an atomic bomb, blow up a volcano, hold a helicopter in a suitcase, a rocket on his back, artillery in one hand, and a beautiful woman in the other. Only one man. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back. Sean Connery as James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Diamonds Are Forever. He's back in the diamond fields of South Africa, in the casinos of Las Vegas, on an offshore drilling rig, and 180 miles in space. Sean Connery as James Bond is back, and he's bigger than ever in the newest, greatest Bond adventure of them all. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. From United Artists, rated GP, they contain material not suitable for free teenagers. Diamonds are forever, 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 forever. Come on, you guys. The sun's already up. It's going to be a golden day. Let's eat. Oh, those golden grahams. Oh, those golden grahams. Crispy, crunchy graham cereal family breakfast treat. Oh, those golden grahams. Oh, those golden grahams. Golden honey. Just a touch with grahams. Golden wheat. It's a great tasting part of a complete breakfast for the whole family. 
Burrito Gigante? Yeah, I'll take a burrito gigante. Chicken or beef? Can I get both? You a man, ain't you? I'm a man. Listen, son, I'm gonna be here another hour and a half. That is 98 minutos doing the late night piano bar set here, playing everybody's favorite dusties, playing When I Fall in Love and whatnots. I'm in the back of the big reel book if you catch my drift. Anyway, listen, son, I'm not going to be in home in time when it starts, but uh, Predator 2 is coming on tonight. I got a brand new Polaroid cassette tape. Just pop that in the VHS and record that for your old man, because Maria Conchita Alonso is in that movie. Son, I love Maria Conchita Alonso. And if you could be a prince among men and twist one off for your old man, go on down to the convenience store, get me a couple of tall boys and a pack of cigs. Well, you know your old man already loves you, but I'd be mighty proud of you if you could do that for me. I'd even bring you a couple of bites of Burrito Gigante from uh, Hernando's Hideaway, Saturday night. This is your dad, Larry. I love you, son. Well, son of Aegon, Agent Double Zero Sevens, Sean Connery's the only man to be sexier than me with an accent has died. I am deeply saddened and hopefully ideas like manliness, sexiness, and accents will not have died with him. We will miss you and go JCVD. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Pete. The tributes pouring in for the late and very great Sean Connery. We had one from the Muscles from Brussels era. Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. JCVD. Thought that was thought that was very nice. Very nice, yes. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, he made accents sexy. Let's hope <laughs> that sexy accents, you know, never go away. Yes, let's hope so. That's the only thing I have going for me if I ever go to a European country. <laughs> they, will, they will just adore me because of my accent. Right? That's, that's how sure. that works, right? Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> All right. We are here to talk about a horror film from 2001. The film in question is, what is it, Faith? It is Jeepers Creepers. Ooh, where'd you get those peepers? This was written and directed by Victor Salva. The film takes its name from the 1938 song Jeepers Creepers, which makes an appearance in the movie. Mm -hmm. This was produced by the great Francis Ford Coppola. We've talked a little bit about Coppola on this show. I don't know that we've done a Coppola film, though. 
I don't think we have. He directed a Dracula adaptation, so maybe we need to get to that. But we've so. we've mentioned him quite a bit yes. on this show. Francis Ford Coppola is, of course, one of the members of the movie mafia uh, in the 60s and 70s. It really changed the face of Hollywood. He's the Academy Award winning director of The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. He was the executive producer on this. We have a cast that includes Gina Phillips, Justin Long, Jonathan Breck, Patricia Belcher, and Eileen Brennan. Eileen Brennan, wonderfully portrayed Mrs. Peacock in the film Clue from 1985. We did an episode on Clue, one of our kind of our first episodes that we did, and we both (laughs) fell in love with Clue. I've been in love with the movie, but I fall in love with it every time I watch it. But Eileen Brennan as Miss Peacock really struck a chord with both of us. Uh She's in a movie full of funny people. She's one of the funniest. (laughs) She has a small role here. It's always... Uh, she left us a few years ago, uh, but it's always a welcome thing to to see her. So this movie opened uh, on the Labor Day weekend back in 2001. It set a record at the box office for opening on a Labor Day weekend. And guess what? What? That record stood until Jeepers Creepers 2 came out a few <laughs> years later. <laughs> this is the story of two siblings in rural Florida. They become the target of a demonic creature known as the creeper you are what you eat there you go there you go on the uh poster i'm looking at here the tagline was what's eating you (laughs) so before we get into it uh i do want to mention this and this may or may not we uh faith and i uh have our own notes but we don't compare notes beforehand so i don't know if this is going to come up uh in the conversation here but we want to get this Out of the way first, there is a little bit of controversy with this movie surrounding the writer and director, Victor Salva. He was uh, convicted of uh, possibly abusing a minor, uh, sexually abusing a minor on the set of a movie. And he he had in his possession some stuff he shouldn't have regarding kids. We're going to leave it at that. Now, what I'm going to say is he was tried and convicted. He served his time. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say. So he served his time. We're 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 going to judge the movie. You know, this isn't like a Polanski thing where Polanski <laughs> went over to Europe. This guy stood trial, mm-hmm. served his time. You know, now he's back in society. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna try and be, you know, take take that tact with this because. If you have listened to this show for any length of time, we do not have time for that here yep. on this show. But he, uh, there has not been apparently any more incidents, so we're going to say he, he served his time and learned his lesson. Good. That is it. That's that's fair, right? That's fair. And I'm bringing that up because it is part of the DNA of this film, and I think it might have something to do with some of the stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. So. We'll, we'll get to that. So this is a story of the uh, two siblings played by Gina Phillips and Justin Long. As we said, they are getting uh, hunted by a demonic creature called the Creeper, played by Jonathan Breck. All right, let's get into it. That's really about it for the synopsis, too. They're, they're pretty much. Hunted by a creature. There you go. Uh, takes place over, what, about a day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like one day into night. Yeah. All right, Faith, what did you think of Jeepers Creepers? I have always liked Jeepers Creepers or something about the vibe of it and just the creeper i've always liked it even though re-watching it for the show and kind of maybe analyzing it a little more i've noticed some things that are a little weird and mm-hmm. you know maybe could have been different but all in all i like this movie 
I really like this movie. Uh, I like it a lot. It had been quite a long time since I'd seen it. So mm-hmm. it, in a lot of ways, it felt like a first time watch. And I always liked that. I like right. coming into something fresh. Um, I think the first 30 minutes of this movie are as good as it gets. It's really great. One of the things I really appreciate about this movie is the the um, the DNA of horror is built into this movie because I was catching it, it was it was jogging things in my mind. The first couple of shots, especially, and even the first kind of sequence in the movie, the first act, really reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Because one of the things uh, I, we did uh, an episode on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we both really, really, really liked the film. That movie is is iconic. It is uh, everything you want in a horror movie. It's the granddaddy of the slasher genre. Not my favorite movie, right? You know, it's yeah. not it's not one that I just uh, I want to watch a movie. I want to watch a horror movie. I don't go back to that movie because it's kind of hard material. You know, yeah. Uh, so I'm not as intimately familiar with Texas Chainsaw Massacre as I am like something like an Elm Street, or even like a Friday the Thirteenth. But there are just so many iconic little moments and, and things you remember, images from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the images I remember, and which is why I'm saying this, is those big, wide open spaces in, yes. in the beginning of that film. And, that, and they were in a van, I believe. Mm-hmm. They were coming and coming down the road. And when I saw them in this car, and I did not look this up, but was that the same car that Marion Crane had in Psycho that they were, that the uh, siblings were driving? Gina it was Field? a Chevy Impala. Okay. But uh, it, sure. it did kind of remind me of the psycho car. In, it in did. A way. But I was like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, as the movie went on, the, the memory, the, the, the feels were getting jogged a little bit because there's a scene where Justin Long goes down the uh, pipe and there's all these people sewn together up on the wall. Mm-hmm. That reminded me of a shot right out of Aliens from James Cameron when they're all up. Uh, they turn around the space Marines and they, they flash the lights and all the aliens are up on yes. the wall. Reminded me a little bit of a nightmare in Elm Street because nobody believes them. You know, one of the great things in Elm Street is the mystery element of it. There's a mystery element here, too. And no one believes these people, these these two siblings. In fact, one of the siblings doesn't believe the other sibling, <laughs> you know, which is really interesting. Then you have a villain who has a hat on. You know, he's, he's, wearing, the, he's yes. wearing that hat. Uh, but then it also has the vibe of an old universal... Uh, monster movie because at its heart this is a monster movie not a slasher film Mm -hmm. and not like a torture porn thing no this is this is a monster movie at its core so a lot of different elements working in jeepers creepers a lot of a lot of flowers blooming yes (laughs) from the horror root here um did you catch that yes that there's that there's some things that make up this what do you what do you think of that and and is there any? What do you think of what I just threw out? And are there any that you caught that I might have? Missed? I don't. I don't think there's anything else that I caught, but I agree with everything you just said, and I, and I like that little tie-in. It kind of pays a little tribute to, you know, horror and horror classics and things like that. It's kind of nice when things are tied in together, but it's still its own thing, you know, without copying too much, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It never. I never felt like with all that I just said, and I was kind of I was writing them down just yeah. as I was watching it, and I was. Again, the thing, it might be a reach with nobody believes them like Elm Street, but that is part of the thing with Nancy and her dad mm-hmm. and the police. He's a policeman. But um, it did. It, it didn't even feel like an homage so much as like it was just. Right. This is horror. Right. You know. Yeah, maybe they just, you know, they idolize those movies and just kind of wanted to not really a tribute, like I said, but yeah. just kind of, you know, 
paint their picture. With. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And those are wonderful colors to paint your picture yes, with. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, let's talk about this cast. The The cast really, really hinges on uh, the two leads here, played by Gina Phillips and Justin Long. And they play brother and sister. They are on break. They are coming home from mm-hmm. college. And they carry really the first act of this movie. They are the two people that you're that you're hanging with. Right. And if they're people that you're not enjoying hanging with, and even if you don't like one of the characters, you still kind of enjoy hanging mm-hmm. with them, you know, uh, the movie doesn't work. Okay, so let me say this. The movie works for me because I really liked their chemistry. Yeah, I did too. They're, here. They're, you feel very engaged with them and very... I don't know. Like you said, you, you kind of have fun hanging out with them. They're not. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, and let's go back to Sean Connery. Uh, one of the hallmarks of the Bond films is, and, and they figured this out as, as it was going on. Now it's one of the staples, but he was the first guy. So they were figuring it out. But one of the hallmarks is the opening couple of minutes of a Bond film is the end of another movie that you haven't seen. So he's finishing an adventure and then he's going in to whatever the movie you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're watching. And it feels like at the beginning of this motion picture that we're catching the end of a movie that we didn't see there. There seems to be some things going on with them. There seems to be some things going on in their family life. And if these two people had made it to the destination of home, it would be a completely different picture than, than, uh, than what we get. So, but what we get is a lot of characterization and, and you, you feel the dynamic between them. You feel that they care about one another. There's mm-hmm. enough differences between them. There's some wonderful humor and sarcasm. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of sarcasm when it's being used just for sarcasm's sake. But here, it's a shorthand between these two characters. You actually feel like they're brother and sister yeah. and, they, and, and that they know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels very real. It feels very, very real. It does. And if you if it doesn't feel real and you don't care about these people, then you're not going to care if they live or die in this movie. Right. We've made the point uh, that the best horror movies, you care about the characters because, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a great villain. You know, if you're just rooting for them to kill the character, <laughs> right. it's kind of a uh, whatever, you know, um, they're not stupid either. Right. They're not stupid. They're uh, they even make uh, it's not a self-referential type film like a screen movie. You know, although mm-hmm. they do make the the one uh one observation that you know this is the point in the movie where you you know you're doing something stupid but it doesn't feel like it's it's too meta you know no, really, yeah. but i really enjoy these two performers together justin long uh i'm not a huge fan of his it's for either. for no other reason than I, I just i don't gravitate towards a guy mm-hmm. seems like a nice guy he yeah. really does uh he was 22 here gina phillips was about 30 because she's actually much older <laughs> And she sounds exactly like Mary Louise Parker, who was on the show Weeds and in the West Wing and uh, Fried Green Domain has been in a bunch of movies. Like she sounds exactly like Mary Louise Parker. I'm gonna try it maybe on one of the breaks. Put a put put them yeah. next to each other. It, it's it's uncanny. <laughs> it really is. But uh, uh, they're both both really really good here. Now what I want to ask, and this is. And uh, kind of tying back into Victor Salva, he said, the writer-director that we talked about just a second ago, he said he wanted them to be brother and sister so that there was no sexual tension between them mm-hmm. and you weren't, you know, worried about that. I, right. I think it works. I do uh, too. You know, and I think it's, uh, I don't know, would it have been a different movie? If, I think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
But I never, I never even thought about that because I was like, oh, they're brother and sister. Yeah. Okay, boom. I mean, that works for me. Right. So I want to talk about this because I feel like there, there are some things in this movie. And this is a movie where things are presented mm-hmm. and we don't get the full story on things right. by the end of this movie. We don't really know what the creeper is. We're going to get to him in a second. I feel like there's some stuff going on here, though, with the brother and sister. There, there's a story with the sister. She had broken up with a boyfriend, and there was a reason she broke up with the boyfriend. And, and I feel like there's so much more going on here. Was she pregnant? Did she have an abortion? Like, did you catch that there was a lot more yeah, happening I, I, under the surface here? I, I was catching abuse. Okay, Be- this is, and this is, I was catching that too because there's the scene where the creeper is driving the uh, the, the, the truck, truck. Mm-hmm. and I think it's a great and they play the license plate game yes. and they try to come up with phrases or whatever mm-hmm. and um, great little twist the uh, license plate of the creeper is be eating you mm-hmm. be eating you but it looks like beating you and mm-hmm. he asks Justin Long asks Gina Phillips if there's something wrong and then. She doesn't say anything. She's looking wistfully out the window and it comes by and he sees the thing and he goes, beating you, which then would imply you're right. You know, um, my other thing too, that I was wondering as this movie was going on, is there possibly some kind of abuse that was happening at their house? Because I think that's something you could read into it. Possibly. I think there's something you could read into it. Um, which I was picking up after the movie was over, and I was like, wow, there's, <laughs> there's some levels here that, yeah. that weren't explored in the movie, but are there. But yeah. are definitely there, you know. And is this creature then the manifestation of that abuse? And we've talked about the great monsters are always the manifestation of something yes. else. In a slasher film, that's the, uh, uh, the, the monster that is guarding the gateway from youth to adulthood. So Mm -hmm. sex is traditionally one of those things that moves you into adulthood, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, boom, there you go. You're dead. Yep. You're dead. Uh, Drugs. Boom. There you go. You're dead. Uh, Fred Krueger. We've talked about that uh, at length before. Go check out those episodes on uh, Elm Street that we've done, but he represents that thing. It's a manifestation of, of a lot of different things. Right. And, uh, so it's the creeper and, and, and there's, I couldn't really find an answer. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't come up with one. I, I looked kind of online. I didn't really see anything. I feel like there's a lot more going on here than, and, so. and I'm wondering going back to Mr. Salva. And again, as we said, this guy, he, he did something wrong. He, he was tried, convicted. He, he paid his price. He paid his debt to society. Uh, hopefully learned a lesson. Hopefully learned a lesson. Haven't. And I looked, he, uh, there hasn't been anything at least that I could find, you know, uh, is, is maybe that part of this, his experiences, his personal experiences, yeah. you know, because there does seem to be holding on to things, you know, the, um, it, is the creeper like, is he referring to himself? That's he, like, that's one of the things. Does because, he see himself as that, you know? And and let's get into the creep. That's a great segue. Let's get into the creeper. Before we get into yes. it. Yes. Her license plate, too, if you want to play the license plate game, says save me on it. I didn't notice that. That's a great. So. That's a, okay. That's a great. Yeah. You can make it look like it something says save me. something going on with that relationship. Is there maybe something in their shared past that's mm-hmm. going on? You know, yeah, possibly. I, I, I think the case could be made. I would need to watch it again to really pinpoint that. But I'm coming out of it thinking that and I'm, it's like, wow. But the creeper. OK. 
there's something, um, let's, let me see if this makes sense. Uh, I'm still kind of working this out in my head. So the creeper eats people and it takes on those characteristics. Mm-hmm. So they make the point like if it needs to breathe, it eats lungs. So then it has lungs and mm-hmm. it needs eyes. So it, you know, it eats eyes and it takes on the characteristics and it famously in the movie eats an arm that has a tattoo on it. And then it has an arm that has a, you can see mm-hmm. the tattoo on it. So there, there is, it's a violation in a way. It's an unnatural act eating people, you know, right. Yeah. For most normal people, I would, I would imagine <laughs> Uh, some people will, that's a discussion for another time. Some people, dark cabal people, look it up, <laughs> look it up. Uh, uh, but uh, outside of that, for most normal people, I believe that it is considered taboo and very wrong. But there is a violation. And, and I don't know why it was striking me as this almost kind of sexual thing in a way where you're taking on, you know, mm-hmm. someone else's, you know. DNA, yeah, as it is, yeah, you're swapping DNA material, mm-hmm. and I didn't even think of that. Uh, it, it struck me, it struck yeah. me, and again, I don't know how much it's in the movie because I'm reading this stuff about this guy at because I like to do the research after the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't like to go in with with a preconceived, right? Uh, no, especially if someone I haven't seen in a while, and I'm reading all this stuff about him, and I'm seeing this, and I'm starting to put these things together in my head, and I'm going, ooh. Ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, not in a creep creep out kind of way, right? Yeah, you know, but it was making me think, and so I don't know. That's part of it, you know. Yeah, you're taking something from somebody too. Yeah, you know, in abuse, that's what you do. You're taking something from yeah. somebody, be it power or innocence, and it's something that you take that cannot be given back. You mm-hmm. know, a body part cannot be given back. We can, we're not lizards and reptiles. We can't grow these things right. back. The food for thought. I'm not being funny. You food know, for thought. I've been sitting here thinking too, I feel like the tunnel almost, I don't know what, my, my brain just, like it birth. just, that or like, you're going into this place that you can't really come out of or and maybe with him, like that's such a dark place that yeah. it's maybe hard to escape from or, yeah. Something along those lines. It, it might play into it because, you know, it's an interesting thing for somebody to just throw bodies down a tunnel. <laughs> totally. And there's this whole thing about it being this kind of ancient evil that takes on a form. And that was reminding me of Wes Craven's new nightmare yeah. that, that Freddy Krueger in that film is an idea. And it's not actually Freddy Krueger. It's, right. it's this evil, this ancient, ancient demonic yeah. evil that's been around forever and you capture it, you know. And again, so that's going making me go back. I hope I don't sound like a crazy person, like, you know, uh, seeing things that maybe aren't in this movie, yeah. but is this creeper an embodiment of something else, you yeah. know, thematically when you step back and it look at it? It very well could be. So it's heavy stuff. <laughs> it is heavy stuff. Let's let's take a step back to have a little fun though. The creeper as as a villain, as a movie monster, is a Creature in a creature feature. I think of this as a creature feature, too. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, what do you think of of the Creeper, played by Mr. Jonathan Breck? Um, I want to say this at the start. Uh, you know, he's got the long kind of trench coat. Kind of mm-hmm. looks like a scarecrow yeah. in a lot of ways. Got that big hat. I'm going to throw this out. He really reminds me of The Undertaker from the <laughs> WWE. I just want to throw that out. He does. And I'm wondering if The Undertaker wasn't uh, Inspired. Ins- inspiration <laughs> for, for this. But... Uh, the, uh, the demonic entity that eats people known as the Creeper. Faith, what do you think of the Creeper? Uh, no pun intended. I, I really do think he's creepy. I watched this, 
probably around when it came out. Because, you know, I've always loved those scary movies as a child. <laughs> and he really actually used to creep me out a lot. I don't know what it is. It's something about the hair and just the way he looks. And it might be the trench coat. Just the way he can, like, yeah. jump on cars. I think he, I thought he was always pretty creepy. But, yeah, yeah, I like the look of him. And <laughs> me too. Uh, the creeper don't die. The creeper multiplies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's different. <laughs> he, in some ways, reminds me of the, uh, Jin from Wishmaster, the, yeah. the look of him, uh, kind of reminds me of that. Little bit of a Fred Krueger vibe going on, a mm-hmm. little bit of a Jason Voorhees vibe going on. Uh, yeah. But, again, his own thing, it doesn't feel like yeah, he's... he's got the weird skin. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. There were a couple parts that actually kind of sort of almost reminded me of Predator in a way. Yeah, know, yeah. A little bit with the stalking aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But we have a creature who drives a big truck that uh, <laughs> you know, says be eating you and uh, uh, apparently has a lot of road rage too. <laughs> so, um, I like the idea of him to like, if he gets a scent of you, he can't let go. Even sniffing the laundry, it's like so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's creepy when you think about it. Really is, really is. And keeping the uh, the pieces of the bodies and, and things like that. And it's yeah. like this big tapestry down there, like almost like the, uh, uh, what, what is that? The Michelangelo, the, uh, the Sistine Chapel, Sistine Chapel, they, Chapel called it, yes. they called it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which true. I thought was a very appropriate. I did too. And Sistine Chapel, that's a reference to the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has been rocked yep. by abuse scandals uh, for a while now. Yep. <laughs> they haven't stopped. They haven't stopped. And I don't know. Is that something that was that was thrown in there on, well on could purpose, be. or was it, was it just incidental? You know, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a good answer for that. Uh, it's something that's been intriguing me about this film. <laughs> it really has. If you have a thought on that, uh, you can email us at late night fright podcast at gmail dot com. I would, if you have, a, I'd love yeah. to. Love to hear your thoughts on this if, if, if I'm way off base here with this, but it seems like it's there. I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about this real quick. The aspect of this film, as I was saying, things that uh, are presented and then you don't really get resolved. One of the things uh, being we don't really know what this creeper is. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it really doesn't bother me. It doesn't really change the movie for me. You know, I don't really need backstory on him yeah to complete it you know does that make any sense yeah oh, totally uh, it doesn't really change the character i still think he's totally. he's creepy following these people yeah and that's another thing too i feel like first off i know they had some car trouble but it's like why didn't you just keep going yeah yeah <laughs> for starters but no then but then you get that kind of trapped feeling like somebody yeah. is following you yeah you kind of can't escape and yeah you know. yeah um on a on a film level, I really enjoyed the first thirty. I enjoyed the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it, it does fall off a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, you get into that thing of why are they doing this? Why are they acting like this? Why? That's not what you should be doing. You should be just just go. Just go. Just leave. Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't take anything away right. from it. it this, this is a really great little little fright flick. This is this is really well done. Uh, now I will say this: I've not seen the sequels. And I'm looking oh, forward. Oh, two is, I did, I did not like three. Three, I maybe watched 20 minutes, didn't care for it. I'll have to do it again. But two is really good. I, I'm, if you I'm, like this one, you'll like two. I'm very, very curious, very curious to see it. Um, one one thought, uh, because, spoiler alert, uh, Derry, played by Justin Longwell, 
he, he, he dies. Um, loses his eyeballs. Loses his eyeballs, <laughs> yeah. And that was Justin Long in the makeup at the end when you see his eyes. Um, yes. What we were just talking about with everything, everything we were just talking about with the abuse and all that, all that you know, fun, lighthearted stuff we were talking about. Uh, I think my final piece of that puzzle you know, that would kind of make the case that something's going on with them mm-hmm. is she says, take me, everything that he is, I am. Was that a selfless act on her part, trying to save a brother, or was that something so terrible has happened to her that she doesn't want to live? You know, and when she says yeah. everything that's in him is in me, where they both abuse, you know, because mm-hmm. there seems to be some problems with the mom and the dad. Yeah, you know that they that they allude to at the beginning here. Yeah. There's, there's this is more than just a story about a really evil monster that you know eats you and, and takes on your form. Which again, oh, let's go back. That I just thought <laughs> there's another one, the thing, like the thing, the thing yes. incorporate. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There, there, there's a really dark undercurrent here there that is, is not fully exposed. And and to you know to end it with removing his eyes, does that say something? Like did maybe, he see it and know something and not say something? And yeah, it, maybe like that. Or and he's catching his just desserts. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, you know. I I don't know. I, right. I feel like something could tie into the eyeballs being missing, and or, you know, I, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, but, outside of the just the song. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, really. I think, I think it's a little deeper than just the song. I think. I think it is too. I think it is too. Uh, very quickly before we take a break, uh, the supporting cast is, is very good, even though there's not a lot of supporting cast. Yeah. Uh, but Eileen Brennan, we said uh, Mrs. Peacock, who I, I I know I fell in love with her in <laughs> Clue uh, when we did it. I did too. Uh, she's not in this much, but she is in it enough. You know, just has a little. Crazy cat lady. Yeah, crazy cat lady. <laughs> What'd you think of Eileen Brennan? She was a crazy cat lady. No, she she's, she's always, yeah, she's always great. It was it was nice to see her. I almost forgot that she was in this movie. Yeah. I forget. Really good. <laughs> really good. Well, anything else you'd like to add about Jeepers Creepers? I think that is it. I think that's it for me right now. But too. you do need to watch the second one. I'm planning on it. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Well, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break. All of the fake news not fit to print. We have a. This is a very special edition of the news. We have yes. a. We have a very special uh, interview with the big HF Harrison Ford. He's going to give us his thoughts on the uh, late and very great Sir Sean Connery. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. That's coming up right here in the break. Happy election day to all of you out there. We hope you are voting or, or uh, if you have not voted, please do go vote. And if you've already voted, thank you very much for doing that. And, uh, and we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. We shall see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. I am Dan and, I am and we will see you on the other side. you were able to sit down this morning with Harrison Ford, Sean Connery's co-star in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an exclusive interview. Yes, it is. To the Late Night Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know how you got it, but 
Pulled some strings. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How's he doing? Let's just listen. You'll find out. Here we go. Our own Faith interviewing Harrison Ford on the passing of his Indiana Jones co-star, Sean Connery. See you on the other side for your minute of culture. Here you go. We are sitting down today with Harrison Ford to discuss the recent passing of Sean Connery. The two starred in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's um, it's really not a big deal. I wasn't wasn't doing anything, so yeah. Well, all right. Uh, are you okay answering a few questions? Yeah, go ahead, shoot. All right. Uh, what was it like working with Connery? And do you have any particular memories? <sighs> Sean was, um, he was, he was fabulous. He, um, only showed up on time, which is, uh, something I really, I really appreciate. And, uh, he, um, you know, acting, acting isn't really hard. They, you, you stand where they tell you to stand, and he would stand where they told him to stand, and it was uh, it was a real joy and pleasure of working with him. It was um, really easy, and uh, what was it, a memory, mm-hmm. memory that you want? Yes. There was, um, we were filming a scene, and um, Sean did his bit, and blah, blah, yada, yada, and uh, I was going to do my bit, and uh, uh, the words... On the, uh, what do you call that thing? The script. Script. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, the uh, lines there on the... Uh, the script. Script. Mm-hmm. That's it. And uh, so he, he yada yada and I came back with yada yada. But anyway, my yada yada, I didn't say the right words. And Sean, he, he called me an asshole. And uh, so it really put me in, really put me in my place. But... Um, he gave me uh, two really great bits of advice on that film. He uh, he told me uh, after that he uh, I couldn't remember the lines. He, mm-hmm. he pulled me aside and then he said, uh, "I said, how do you remember your lines so good? Let me see if I can do his voice." He said, uh, "When you're a big dick player like me, you don't have to remember your lines." And that was uh, that was really great. And um, I asked him, "How is it you're always so?" Uh, Relaxed mm-hmm. on screen. That's a hallmark of Connery. He's relaxed, you know, thing. And uh, I asked him how you get that relaxed, and um, he said, "Well, trade secrets. I bust a nut before every scene. I um, I really did that during the Force Awakens. So uh, my performance in that movie is uh, post Nut Ford. So he's uh, okay." Great bits of advice. Great actor. All right. Great man. All right. So he gave you some good advice. Did you learn anything from him besides that? No. Do you think he learned anything from you? Maybe. I don't don't really know. All right. Well, do you have a favorite film of his? I like the, um, I like the one he's in where he, um, where he's the, uh, the butler. You know what I'm talking about? He's, um, Hmm. Um, what's that guy? The uh, the, uh, the night guy, the Keaton, the Keaton guy, the um, Batman. 
Yeah, he played, uh, what's his name, Alfred. Mm. When he played Alfred the Butler in that Batman movie, I thought he was fantastic. I think you have him confused with Michael Caine. He may have been in the film too, but Sean, Sean really stole that picture. It was, it was I don't good. recall him being the butler. No, no, he was fantastic. Did he have two butlers? I mean, it's, listen, I, I agreed to answer your questions. I didn't agree to be put on the spot like this. He was fantastic in that, in that bad picture. Well, okay. Uh, how are you going to remember him? Um, I'm going to uh, go into a dark room tonight. Uh, Got a big sack of green, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna twist one off, and I'm uh, gonna watch that uh, that that Batman picture. He was he was so good in. With Michael Caine. No, I'm gonna be by myself. Well, okay. Well, you heard it here. An interview with Harrison Ford about Sean Connery. We want to thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, whatever. Can I go now? Sure. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. The interview you heard, Faith, uh, you did with Harrison Ford. Really, really great work. Thank you. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm surprised you got that long out of him. Right? Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as we said, the uh, the accolades and tributes, you know, just, just pouring in. The Minute of Culture, that was uh, the... The Grail theme from The Last Crusade by the great John Williams. Beautiful, beautiful piece. piece of music. Uh, really wonderful. That's a wonderful film, too. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's, it's wonderful. It, it, is it his best? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many great ones. So, 
Uh, speaking of Sean Connery's filmography, we made an executive decision that next week <laughs> on the Late Night Fright, uh, we like to give you your homework. So if you'd like to watch the film so you can you can follow along with our discussion with us, mm-hmm. we are going to be doing the film Highlander from 1986. He is a he has a small role in that, but a very important and kind of a kind of fun role in that film. And uh, the movie itself is really great. So we're kind of dipping our toe into the sci fi fantasy realm next yeah. week. And uh, we're not sure this might be villain month on the show or. Uh, sci-fi fantasy. We we don't know. We'll see which way the winds. <laughs> we'll see which way the winds blow. A little bit of both. Straight says. But uh, Highlander from 1986 is a really great movie. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, and Clancy Brown as the Kurgan. Really good stuff. Really great 80s throwback too. So we're gonna see how that shakes out. This is the first time watch for you too, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, let me let me run this down. Let me see what you think of this. Mm-hmm. There's a race of immortals. All right. Who fight with swords. And to kill the other immortal, you have to cut off their head. Sounds good to me. Sounds good, right? <laughs> I don't know why we're not watching this movie right now. <laughs> right now. All right, Jeepers Creepers. Uh, anything you'd like to add about Jeepers Creepers? No, it's just it's a fun little movie. But yeah, I think there I think there's some darker, deeper things going on in there for sure. Yeah. I think the more you watch it, it probably kind probably of pops out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, late night fright podcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. That's how you can get in touch with us. If you have some thoughts on this movie, uh, please let us know. As we said, this is something that we're just kind of kind of putting together now and, mm-hmm. and uh, might watch it again, give you an update at a later date. But if you have a thought on that, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we would also like to say hello to all of our listeners uh, all across the world. Uh, UK is still being so good to us. We're on the charts nice. in the UK back on the charts here in America and uh, Operation Oklahoma. We're still, we're still as of the re- this, this recording, we have hit all 49 states in the United States, except for the great state of Oklahoma. Are they really like great then if they haven't heard us? Faith, we're trying to get them on our side here. So of course <laughs> they're know, great. the greatest state in America. Greatest, greatest, state. greatest state in America. Yes. So uh, we made an offer. We will, we will Venmo PayPal you. <laughs> Three fifty. That's three dollars and fifty cents. Tree fifty. Tree fifty. If you are the listener in Oklahoma, the first listener in Oklahoma, and you can verify it, you, you, we got to verify. It. We'll send you the money. We're good for it. But uh, send us that email at late night fright podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Instagram at late night fright podcast. Faith, you are on Instagram. Your handle is I'm a normal alien. Hit up. Uh, I kind of run the. Uh, the, the show Instagram. Faith has her own personal Instagram, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Love to hear from you. If you're that Oklahoma cat who uh, <laughs> who's our first listen, and you can verify it, $3.50. Yes, big bucks. That's about as much as we were offering Robert England to come on the show back in the day, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Still, I guess that's why. <laughs> still haven't gotten him on the show. I guess maybe we need to offer him like maybe like five dollars or something, a little more, you know. I have my principles, Faith. I have my principles. <laughs> All right, next week, Highlander. Ooh, it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Good flick. Jeepers Creepers. Check it out. Check out all of our other episodes. They're available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to check out as many Sean Connery films as you can. This guy, he was really something. It was a. It, it's it's an honor. To, to have been able to follow, you know, see his films in the theater when they were coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, really, really wonderful. Uh, he was really wonderful in a film called The Rock with our old buddy Nicolas Cage. 
great flick from Michael Bay. Fun movie. Um, those James Bond films, just, you know, got to see them. You got to see them. If you, if you enjoy cinema and, and the history of cinema, you really need to see those movies. Yeah. So, But uh, next week, we're going to be talking about him here on the show. Good. I'm excited. Highlander. I'm excited. There you go. Happy Election Day. Happy Election Day to all of you out there. Uh, again, I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope you're sane. And uh, let's hope and pray that uh, things don't get crazy. We don't want things to get crazy. Nope, we're not, not, we're not those kind of people. We mm-hmm. don't, we don't uh, advocate for that here on the show. That's not who we are. Nope. And uh, it's not who we are as Americans to, uh, you know, to go out there and make asses of ourselves and, right. and burn stuff down. There's right. a big difference. There's a big difference between trying to make a point, burning the whole thing down. Yep. Big difference. One, one, one flies with me, one, the, other, the other one doesn't. Right. Uh, be safe out there if you are somewhere where that kind of thing happens. Please, please, please be safe. And we're going to come out of uh, 2020. It's going to be soon. <laughs> a few more weeks. <laughs> a few more weeks. It's going to be in the rearview mirror. We're moving on to 2021. It's Big Brother, and we're, we're, we're going to jam. That's, that's it. Fingers we're crossed. Jam in 2021. That's it, Faith. Maybe we'll finally get the flying car. Maybe so. Although if uh, the news is to be believed... And I'm on the fence with that. Uh, <laughs> we may soon have an electric car. That is that is something currently being developed by the yes. good people at Tesla. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? In the uh, in the words of the great Bob Wilkins, watch horror movies, keep America strong. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if you're yourself getting down, just remember Dan and Faith love you. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. It's a conditional type of love, but we love you. We love you. All right. On that note, we have cookies here in the studio. We're going to eat these cookies. I am Dan. And I am And we are going to uh, do our little Fonzie thing here. We're going to, feels like it's that time. Let's snap our fingers on three, see if we can make the music start. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Sir Sean Connery, infinity is yours, my friend. Yes, it is. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the next adventure. And thank you. Thank you for all the memories and the great moments of joy you gave us on this adventure. Thank you for that. From the bottom of my heart, from yes. one of your biggest fans. Thank you. Faith, feels like it's that time. It does. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. Rest well, Sean. <laughs>